Hi, and welcome to Sport and Road, the weekly motorsport show with thanks to Central Tyre Service. This is a part of the Super Saturday Sports Show that you can listen to and keep up to date with all things happening on the courses both locally and around the globe. This show airs on a weekly basis on a Saturday throughout the year and is hosted by John Painter and Craig Stott. It's on 1FM Shepparton Radio, so let's have a listen to see what's happening in the world of motorsport this week. Good morning, everybody. Sport and Road time right now. This is Saturday Morning Sport on Live and Local 1FM. It's time for a little bit of motorsport, and we've certainly had some uh, interesting uh, events over the last few days, especially with Sandown last week and uh, reports coming out of uh, MotoGP and Formula One. I'm Johnny Painter. Beside me is Craig Stott. Good morning, listeners, and good morning, John. How are you? I'm good, thanks, mate. Not How's your week all. been? It's been a very interesting week, yeah, exactly. Uh, my grandson gets married uh, very, very... Uh, well, next week, actually, next weekend. We have to sneak off down to uh, Melbourne, so if we can do our, yep, uh, we can our do, early record... If we, we can, can do something different. Yeah, for sure. It'd be a good move, because I have to go down to um, the back of the Dandenongs, because you're getting married somewhere up near Cockatoo or Callista or somewhere like that. Very pretty little place. It is, it is up there. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. But um, in the meantime, I went shopping. I needed a new pair of trousers and ended up with a matching trousers and jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I even got a new pair of shoes. You know, it's unreal the things you do. But uh, no, looking forward to that. It's going to be great fun. It's good. a bit like me going shopping with Karen. Yep. I'd normally do all the shopping and she's just walking around looking at different things on the shop. Yep. On the shelves and uh, pick something up as a look at it. Then she puts it in the trolley and moves somewhere else. And I'm getting quite upset with this. You know, it's <laughs> going to cost me more money. And with, usually with a lot of people around, she's ready to put something else into the trolley and at a high thing, excuse me, ma'am, this is not your trolley. <laughs> yeah, good fun. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, a smack around the ear hole, but it is fun Absolutely, to do it at the time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got a shopping list to stick to. and Yeah, well, I'm, I'm as bad with my wife. She's pushing the trolley and, uh, and I'm adding little bits and pieces all the time. <laughs> mm. Oh, these things happen. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been a good... Week bit cold, but anyway, yes, these yeah. things happen. Yeah, it is. No, we've got through it okay. It's good. So uh, we've got some sponsors that look after we, this show. We certainly have, and they've been looking after us for a long time. It's been great. We're right back into the days when I first started, back with Trev Franklin, and uh, now with us too. It's absolutely great. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah, yeah that's, that's good year tyres. Yep. Good year auto care. was Central Tyres at was the time. Central tires. Still is, of course. Still is with um, Rod and the crew in there. It's excellent. Yeah. And they're in Welshford Street. Yep. And got a magnificent range of automotive batteries, Goodyear tyres, Dunlop tyres. They can get any tyre. Yeah, any tyre you want, yeah, but they are mainly Goodyear. It's great. So, uh, yeah, they'll look after your vehicle, so please take it there. Get your headlights looked at. Yeah, make yeah. sure your brakes aren't pulsating. Yeah. Well, and you can let go, you know, when you're driving down the road, you just take your hand off the wheel just for a sec. If it stays in the right position, you're, you're laughing. If the wheels yeah. turn to one side or the other... Exactly, and I was talking to Bill Winters from Road Safe Golden Valley last week, and we talked about the same thing with uh, one-eyed headlights, all that. And then uh, we went up to one you on um, Wednesday night for the fish and chip night, and I must have seen seven at least on the way home. And one of those was a large truck with only one headlight. You know, it's four on the causeway, one yeah. after another, two, one behind the other. It's come on, folks, it's not hard. Oh no, you're not wrong yeah. there. Mm. 
But not much we can do but let everyone know. Yeah, exactly Whilst you're right. at home, it's not hard to walk around your car and have oh, a look. Exactly right. Even uh, just on dusk, just walk around. Yeah, exactly. Even if you've got a can in your hand. Look in the shop windows. That's it. Perfect. <laughs> and if you do have a headlight out, go and see Central Tires or Google your Auto Care. Yeah, they'll sort, they'll it, out sort it out for you. Yeah. Not a problem at <clears> all. Also, whilst you're walking around your car, why don't you have a look at your windscreen washer yes. liquid? Yep, exactly. And mm. uh, top that up because how many times have you been driving along and get some dust on the screen or yeah. dirt on the screen or bugs decided to go splat? Yep. Like the petrol head fly. So I was just thinking of the same character. And uh, you hit the button and that, no water comes out. Oh, so. yeah, for sure. And you've got this big smear in front of you. Oh, that's days. it, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah just do yourself a favour. And yeah, exactly right. And uh, our other sponsors are... Oh, exactly. AJ's Motorcycles. Well, it was AJ's and it was when we started. It's now Shepherd and Motorcycles and uh, they have two businesses here in Shepherd. They're absolutely great. The AJ site in Purcell Street near the Shepherd and Railway Station. That's uh, KTM and... Uh, Akanam Spiders and servicing, spare parts, tyres, you name it, they've got the whole lot in there. They're absolutely fantastic. And they have a second site now, which is the Helsel Honda site from Vanilla Road. I believe there's a rumour going around that they're going to build a big new store and um, combine the both of them, which I think would be interesting as well, yeah. Precisely. So that's um, interesting. And, uh, of course, they've got those new Segways out at uh, Halsell site. Fantastic-looking vehicles, yeah. I can tell you went that right now. Yeah, went past the other day, and there's a couple parked out the front. I thought, oh, they yep. look interesting. Yes, yes. Mm. So go in and have a look. They'll probably take them out to your farm for you if you're a farmer well, or on a property. They'll that to us. So. Yep, they'll uh, bring them out, leave them with you for a day or so, and then come back and collect them and see what you think. Yeah, exactly. There's no um, obligation to buy. They'll just double-check them out and see what that's they're like. That's exactly right, which is mm. fantastic. Yep. they make a happy sale that way. Oh, absolutely right. Now, fantastic sponsors we've got there. They are absolutely awesome. They certainly are. Now, we had an absolutely awesome, awesome Sandown meeting with lots of very interesting stuff. We'll talk about that in a couple of moments. But before we do, we had a MotoGP at the weekend too, and it was the Crypto Data Motorrad Grand Prix von Österreich. What was that? Oh, it was the Grand Prix of Austria. <laughs> Now I have a report from Boris at MC News Boris Mihailovic is an absolute character We've talked about Boris before mcnews.com.au is a specialist online resource That provides motorcycle news for motorcyclists MC News covers all areas of interest from the motorcycling public Including news reviews and comprehensive racing coverage They do some great bike reviews too Things like that They'll test ride and uh, let you know all about the latest uh, tackle coming out So yeah, that's um, uh, yeah. I've gone blank on the name now. I'll think of it in a moment. No worries at all. But yeah, so, so a bit of motorcycle news. Mm, that's only two wheels. Yep, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, with for me, it's enough at times. It's more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I like four wheels. Now, Boris writes. You know when Carmelo puts his leather shorts on, the SH1T is about to get serious in the Austrian Alps. I had to uh, change that. Yes. (laughs) And one of the most fearsome racetracks on the earth. It seems that the Red Bull ring was deemed far too fierce for motorcycles and a chicane was installed between Turn 1 and Turn 3. Regular viewers will know this was the part of the racetrack once known as Turn 2, which is now Turn 8 and Turn 2B. A blisteringly fast six-gear parabola, which was uh, not so much a turn as a vague bend taken flat out. And the place where the collision with Zarco and Morbidelli almost killed Rossi and Vinales with the flying motorcycles a short while back. 
So a chicane was installed and the predictable yodelling started. Spectators were unanimous in their condemnation. A great track has been ruined. The spectacle was thus diminished and we want our money back. Of course, none of us have ever ridden through there flat out on a MotoGP or had to dodge superheated wreckage as it barreled through the air as a result of someone getting it wrong there. (laughs) Uh. So the blokes who had raced there were a little more circumpet, as you would expect. They had to learn, obviously, but once they learned it, it was going to be game on like it always is. The other big thing stirring up the paddock was the arrival of Mark Marquez. He was not there to race, but to have some meetings with HRC about the project, as he called it. Was not going. Mm. Well, there was also some credible rumours that both Marquez brothers had parted company and their long-time manager, Emilio Azamola. And other rumours, David Brivo was in talks with HRC and maybe Alberto Pug was having different discussions with HRC, which is strange because Pug has an ownership interest in the Repsol team and would not easily get rid of. And it was at this point in the weekend that Dorna boss Camillo Espolita, who Trevor and I used to call Caramello Expolitive, <laughs> held out his own leathery panted bombshell and announced that next year an extra race will be run each Saturday, a half-distance, half-point pub fight that would replace free practice four, thus obviating the need for extra tyres or engines. Cue more squealing from the fans because, because somehow more racing is bad. And the mixed response from some of the races, like Jack Miller thought the uh, look forward to the new format and others like Fabulous thought it was a terrible idea. I'm guessing Mark Marquez, if he ever returns, will very much like the sprint race thing. Either way, the spectacle will now have added spectacle. Hmm. Practices were, for once, all, all rather normal feeling. But that, I mean, Alex Esperago looked awkward. Zarco was really fast, as was the beast, Peko. Jack and Johan Martin, fabulous, was also not far from the business end. Indeed, he was the only one able to give the sea of Ducatis in the front of the field pause. It was their track, after all. When they lined up, it was Bagola, Bangfest. The beast, Peko and Jack were the front row. Behind them sat Martin, the dark blue Yamaha of Fabulous, and Zarko. Maverick had outqualified his teammate and sat in sixth, followed by Mir and Alex. The nearest Honda was Taka, back in 14th, one spot ahead of factory Honda El Piscargo. As Albert Pug said before the race, when things are obviously there is no discussion or decision, which is probably some kind of code as where the dog used to <laughs> Yes, when things are obvious, there's no discussion, as he said. That's probably some sort of code for where's the dog you start. Love it. it. Yes. <laughs> there were obvious concerns the new chicane would create carnage on the first lap. Perhaps most of these concerns were being endlessly voiced by the shaved pom apes Dorna, 
has called <laughs> the racing for us English speakers. Not content with overusing terms like getting his pocket picked when a rider passes another or declaring a rider is one of the hardest to pass because of his late braking. <laughs> Whenever they see a rider chasing another, these microphone spoilers hugely enjoy talking up the expected carnage. Except there was no carnage. Everyone made it through the chicane except for Mia. But Mia crashing is not carnage. It's just something that happens all the time, six times in the last nine rounds. As a consequence, Mia broke his ankle and is now out of the next race. Oh dear. The rest of the field were being led by Paco, and it was fascinating to see Vinales trying hard in the first half of the race. He contended with Fabulous and took fifth off him. No, of course, that didn't last. Pecco, The Beast, Miller and Martin quickly edged out a one-second gap to Vinales, Fabulous and Alex. Damien Binder terrified everyone, including himself, by rocketing from 21st on the grid to 13th. And no, that did not last either. <laughs> Miller managed to get past The Beast for second spot. And this caused the Beast and Martin to have it, have have at its big style. Clearly, Ducati's strategy of not telling either racer which of them will get the remaining factory seat was normal, was working as planned. As it turned out, neither of them finished the race, so maybe they will re-engage at Misano. Hmm. Finales then ran wide and drifted back to eighth. Fabulous put his head down and started his race-long pursuit of Pecco. The beast, for all his part, had managed to ding his front rim, possibly hitting the edge of the track, slowed precipitously and balked Zarco off the track at turn four. Turn four then claimed Remy as Paco Miller moved the lead out to 1.3 seconds. But Fabulous was not backing off. The beast returned to the pits, glowering as Miller was already shining the factory Ducati seat in his head. A little prematurely, of course. <laughs> Miller had a crack at Paco. Paco cracked right back. Martin edged closer to them both. He was actually faster than either of them. But no, not as fast as Fabulous, who was the fastest man on the track. Tacker decided to visit the gravel trap, just as Paco, Jack and Martin made a nine, nice equidistant file up front, which led them being relentlessly closed down by Fabulous. Behind them, Luca Marini passed Maverick for sixth spot and Darren Binder eight rocks. <laughs> eight rocks, OK. <laughs> Paco dialed it up a notch, just as Fabulous did, and the race started to take on a different complexion. The bloke in fourth was riding faster than the bloke in first, and the bloke in second and third looked to be in his way. The chicane proved to be Martin's initial undoing. He ran wide, and Fabulous took third. Maverick and Millie rode further back in the field and was passed by Brad Binder. Luca was now contending for fifth with Alex, and then Owen took it from him, and Fabulous Hillary seriously stated to real Jack Miller in but Pecco was still a second in front of the Aussie Fabulous was demonstrating why he was is in the, re, the regaining the reigning world champion and very likely to back that up this year he was on Jack's rear tire and they and the battle allowed Martin up close as well it seemed like there would be serious fight for second place Fabulous then used his new chicane to pass Jack. It was brilliant to see Martin also took the chance to slip past our bloke. And I was wondering if Jack was still 
as in love with the new chicane as he had before the race. Mm. Yeah, Brad Bender passed Alex, or Lace. He was always going to pass a lace. KTM had to have at least one scalp on its home racetrack. And on the last lap, another scalp was taken as Jorge Martin fell off trying to pass Jack. Had the race been a lap or two longer, Fabulous would have made Pecco's life much harder than it was. He was catching the Italian very quickly. As it was, his championship lead was extended and Pecco inched closer to the second spot on the ladder where Elias Aspergaro currently abides. Next round's Masano. Everybody loves to race at Masano. It will be Andrea De Vizioso's last race, which will be an event, and it's going to be a pivotal round of the championship. They're all strong here, so I guess we'll see who is the strongest. We're going to have a quick sponsor break, and we'll come back and give you some of the results of that um, particular race, and then uh, we can uh, talk about a little bit of F1 and Daniel Ricciardo. No worries at all. Back in a moment, folks. Segway Power Sports ATVs, UTVs and SSVs are now available at Shepherd and Motorcycles and Power Equipment. The Fugelman UT10 Petrol UTV is one tough machine. Muscular and capable with a high power to weight ratio. The Fugelman UTV is designed to lighten your workload and make those trips around the paddock a blast. Contact Brendan at Shepherd and Motorcycles Purcell Street or Paul at Shepherd and Motorcycles and Power Equipment Vanilla Road or visit our website shepherdandmpe.com.au and check out the Segway Power Sports range today. LMCT 11819. 1FM sponsor. This is John Painter and Craig Stott from, from 1FM's FM Sport and Road. Central Tyre Service is now your Goodyear Auto Care Centre. With on-farm tyre servicing, computerised wheel alignment and balancing, complete front-end alignment and brake repairs, and a full range of automotive batteries. There's not a lot the friendly staff at Goodyear Auto Care can't do. Servicing the Goulburn Valley since 1952. Central Tyres, now Goodyear Auto Care, can be found at 117 Wellsford Street, Shepton. Phone 58 219 Station sponsor. We're back. The Tungamar Hotel is not just your everyday country pub. It's a Goulburn Valley institution. Established in 1891, the beautiful heritage-listed building is worth the visit alone. On the Silo Art Trail, the Tungamar Hotel offers quality lunch and dinners, eat in or take away, as well as accommodation, including some brand new ensuite rooms. It's family and dog friendly, as well as offers catering for all functions, including weddings and parties. Open seven days for lunch and dinner. Why not organise a group and grab the courtesy bus. A Tungamar Hotel, more than just a country pub. 1FM sponsor. Yeah, they're a fantastic group, the, the Tungamar Hotel. Yeah, not bad food. at all up there, yeah. Mm. And doing that silo run, looking at all the painted up silos. Oh, yeah, for sure. Fantastic. Yeah, There's a exactly. lot everywhere now. Yeah, you can start there and end at um, Vanilla out, down and then Vanilla or start at the other end and work back up and then have lunch at, or dinner at um, Tungamar. It's a great oh, way to do it. Yeah. ways of doing it. Yeah. Exactly and right. There's quite a few others now that oh, are yeah, that happening yeah. that uh, even got a little hook in there. Yeah. Remember the old mm. Jeff Hook? That oh, was yes, in definitely. The, yeah, the old Herald Sun job. Sun, yeah. Always look for the hook. <laughs> yeah, well, a couple of them have done that too. Yeah, so. that's great stuff, yep. Yeah. Now, results from last weekend's MotoGP at the Osterreicher Ring, the Austria. 
Um, in first place, Franco Bagnaia. And on his Ducati. Yep. In second place, Fabio. On his Yamaha. Then Jack Miller. Ducati. Third. Was a good third, too. Luca Marini was forced. On a Ducati. Johan Zarco, fifth. On a Ducati. Alice Aspagaro. He wasn't on a Ducati, but he was on an Aprilia. Yep. Brad Binder in on seventh. K- KTM. Alex Rins in eighth. On a Suzuki. And Marco Bezzecchi. Oh, he was on a Ducati. Yep. And so was Jorge Martin. He was on a Ducati and in he was tenth. Tenth place, exactly. So after that particular the race, the uh, championship points look like this. In first place, Fabio Quartararo. He's got 200 points. Alessio Espargaro, second. 168 points. Francesco Bagnaia. Third at 156 points. Johan Zarco. Fourth and 125 points. Jack Miller. Uh, He's fifth on 123 points. And then we have Anea Bastianini. Sixth and 118 points. Brad Binder. He's seventh and 107 points. From Alex Rins. Eighth and he was 92 points. And then we have Jorge Martin. He's ninth at 87 points. And tenth place of, of Olivia Miguel. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Miguel Oliveira. Get him right around Rover And GP. that's 85 points. And that's our MotoGP Championship up to tenth place at the moment. Right, now, this had a couple of wheels, a couple of very fast wheels too. And a lot of money. Oh, yeah, absolutely right. That's something you wouldn't dream of, would it? As you probably heard during the, the week on news services, McLaren and Daniel Ricciardo have mutually agreed to terminate his contract one year early. And that's a big payout too. Hmm. Meaning the eight-time race winner will depart at the end of the 2022 campaign. The Australian joined McLaren in 2021 for a three-year deal racing alongside Lando Norris. And while he secured the team's first win since 2012 at Monza last year with Norris second, he struggled to match his teammate's very impressive pace. On the eve of the Belgium Grand Prix, as Formula One returns from its summer break, Ricardo and McLaren announced that they would complete the final nine races of the year together before going their separate ways. Hmm... Yeah, McLaren says they will announce who will partner Morris in 2023 in due course. Ricardo will do the same regarding his own future plans, but suggests he's keen to stay in F1. It's been a privilege to be part of the McLaren racing family for the last two seasons, but following several months of discussions with Zach Brown, McLaren CEO, and Andres CD team principal, we have decided to terminate my contract with the team early and agree on to mutually part ways at the end of the season, as he said. Mm. I'll be announcing my own future plans in due course, but regardless of what this next chapter brings, I have no regrets and am proud of the effort and the work I gave McLaren, especially the win in Monza last season. I've enjoyed working with everyone at McLaren, both trackside and back in Woking, and will be giving all of my off-track and on-track as we enjoy the remainder of the season together. I've never been more motivated to compete or be a part of a sport that I love so much and look forward to what comes next. Seidel said, I would like to thank Daniel for his dedication and contribution over the last two seasons so far. Despite the shared challenges, he's always turned up and fighting spirit positivity and has helped the entire team and he's always keep pushing forward. We will never forget that memorable race in Monza, which was a great boost for the whole team. We still have an important battle in the Constructors' Championship ahead of us. 
for the remainder of the season. We look forward to seeing this battle out with Daniel and Lando. Ricardo is currently 12th in the driver's standings at 19 points. 57 adrift of Norris after 13 Grand Prix. His best finish of the year was 6th in Australia, while Norris has four top six finishes, including a podium in Amola. Exactly. Now, he's um, really has had a rough deal, to my mind, with... Um with the McLaren this year, he's had, or well, in the last two years, car hasn't been competitive. He's had engines fail. He's had transmissions fails. He's had stuff ups in the pits, slow pits, and things that didn't work or didn't undo, or slow fuel times. And his, his um, teammates just been running further and further away all the time. So he really has had a rough time. He, has, with them. Hasn't he, he really yet. has. Yeah, it's been amazing. Now, the Belgian Grand Prix, that's coming up. That's at um, Spa, Spa Franklin Ships. George Russell says Red Bull and Ferrari have pushed the rules as the tension shifts to the new ones and uh, F1's directive. They have they come up with a new idea. The take that's from to the, go faster, I reckon. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The take from Mercedes and Red Bull and explaining F1's new regulation, there will be a new technical directive for the Belgian Grand Prix this weekend as the FIA looks to crack down on porpoising. And that's, uh, while there, there could be a performance impact at the front. Now, this is from Matt Morledge at Sky Sports News. George Russell said there's no doubt Red Bull and Ferrari pushed the regulations through the first half of the season and hopes a new technical directive for the Belgian Grand Prix slows down F Mercedes F1 rivals. After months of discussing about the uh, 2022 car porpoising, and as I say, it looks like a porpoise hopping up and down in the water, up, down, up and down. A change is coming for this weekend with new rules that forced on, focused on driver safety and controlling the bouncing, but at the same time limits the use of flexi floors. An area 22's fastest teams, Red Bull and Ferrari, have believed to have been exploiting as opposed to Mercedes. Well, there you go. The world champions has been surprisingly off the pace so far this season, but insist they have been less adventurous over utilising the floor of the car, which can have a significant performance impact. Spa's going to be interesting, Russell told Sky Sports. There's changes to some of the little regulations which may bring other teams towards us. Mercedes have obviously or previously been tentative about referencing Red Bull and Ferrari by name and, and accusing their rivals. But Russell said there is no doubt that Ferrari and Red Bull have pushed the regulations in that regard and we've respected it as the regulation was intended. Yeah, they're, they're always pushing the uh, the limits, aren't they? Hmm. Always. Yes. Doesn't matter what the team is and what the race is, there's always someone playing around with the fringe. Yeah. yeah. Remember the fuel line in the <laughs> in, in the, the Commodore. Yes. yes. Exactly. Yeah, that yeah. was a smart move. It that. was. It was pushing the fringe, but it worked. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, that's right. Uh, for sure. The Belgian Grand Prix, the first race after the summer break, is all live on um, Sky Sports, and uh, it will be the same here on Fox. A new technical directive adds another layer of intrigue, and whether it indeed hinders Red Bull or Ferrari remains to be seen. There's no guarantees it will bring them closer together, admitted Russell. We know if it was on our car, it would make us slower. Every car is different, but it's not going to help them, that's for sure. While Red Bull and Ferrari have voiced their displeasure about the technical directive coming in, they've both been adamant that the floor changes won't affect their performance. 
We just have to be careful we don't overshoot here and create a big regulation change at this point of the year, said Christian Horner, before that summer break. I'm not worried about the technical directive and I don't think it has any consequences for us. Hmm. New rule could be worth 0.3 of lap time, explaining the Belgium GP's technical directive. This is from Sky Sport F1's Mark Hughes in his latest comment published last Wednesday. With quite a different upper body aero concept to Red Bull and Ferrari, Mercedes' greater area of exposed floor will effectively uh, cantilever, making it much more difficult to control. Later limitations on the mechanical aspect of the suspension became apparent in controlling the car's ride. It then became clear that Ferrari and Red Bull had interpreted the regulations concerning the mounting of the underfloor plank differently and were able to allow the plank to sink further into the floor as uh, it touched the ground, giving a cushioning effect to the ride. From Spa this weekend, that interpretation will no longer be considered valid. If, as I believe the, the by, if believed by the other teams, that mounting method would make a 5 to 6 millimetre lower ride height feasible and would potentially worth from 0.2 to 0.3 of a lap time. Hmm. The Mercedes, even though it set pole in Hungary due to a favourable set of circumstances, no healthy Red Bulls in Q3, Ferrari way out of the tyre temperature window, was still around 0.5 seconds off the ultimate pace. Exactly, yeah. So the Spa technical directive would well help Mercedes reduce its deficit to the front, but to take on Ferrari and Red Bull on equal terms is unlikely. Is likely to be going to require a lot more development. Hmm. Certainly will. Let's uh, sneak over to Sandown. Yeah, why not? Mm. Jesus, it was a bit of fun down there. It really was, wasn't and it? And cold and yes, wet. and smoky. <laughs> and smoky, yeah, fires <laughs> in the cars. Yeah. That was one way to keep warm. Yeah. yeah, Will Davidson has cruised, crushed the field to win his first Sandown race in 13 years. Davidson dominated from pole to continue his Penrite Oil Sandown Super Sprint dominance. The Shell V-Power Racing Team driver previously top practice and part and three-part qualifying. The best part is he's, he's, he's won races there. His grandfather's run yep, weight. that's right, yeah. His father's run races. His yep. uncle's owned the place, so... Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, Lex. Yeah. It was Davison's second win of the season following his Perth breakthrough in May. His last Sandown win came for the Holden Racing Team in 2009 was also Dick Johnson Racing's first Sandown win since 2010. The winning margin over Van Gisbergen was a whopping 8.5 seconds and it came in a week when DJR re-signed both drivers and welcomed new ownership. Just a dream run, the two-time Bathurst winner said. Was pushing hard and I feel really good. Huge shout out to Rick Harris as the engineer. Everyone at Shell V Power Racing, it's a great way to kick off the new season, new era. Van Gisbergen prevented a Shell V-Power 1-2 with Anton Di Pasquale third. Davidson won the race to turn one with Van Gisbergen and Brown slotting into second and third. The only flashpoint of the opening laps came on the fiery first lap. Brock Feeney was sent into a spin by Andre Heimgardner at turn nine. Heimgardner was slapped with a 15-second penalty and was classified 23rd. 
Van Gisbergen and Brown stopped on lap 17. Dick Pasquale split them when they rejoined. Davison stopped on the following lap and immediately opened up a gap. With 12 laps remaining, the margin had blown out to 3.8 seconds with Dick Pasquale hounding Van Gisbergen. Throttle dramas in his stop consigned milestone man Lee Holdsworth to 24th in his 500th race. Chas Mostert and Nick Perkett were 10th and 15th respectively in uh, Walkinshaw Andretti's um, 900th. 900th race. Van Gisbergen's championship lead is extended to 401 points over Steve Pasquale and he's moved second ahead of Waters with the three Ford drivers covered by just 50 points. Yeah, it's incredible, yeah. isn't it? Sweet 16 for... SVG mm. as Kiwi star equals superstar supercars. Legends, epic feat at Sandown Sizzler. This is by James Pavius from supercars.com. Shane Van Gisbergen had lasted Will Davison to record his 16th win of the season. Van Gisbergen helped himself to a second Penrod Oil Sandown Super Street win of the day. The Kiwi Lead, Kiwi's l- points lead blew out when Cam Waters and Anton P. Pasquale both striking trouble. Waters ran off chasing Chaz at turn nine in the closing laps. Anton, meanwhile, suffered damage after early contact with Davidson. Shane's 16th win drew him level with Craig Lowndes Hall in 1996. Only Scott McLaughlin's record 18 wins set in 2019 is in Van Gisbergen's way. No worries at all. Now, the, the, the other big thing that came out of the thing, because we're just about time to go, was um, the uh, interesting uh, smoke in uh, Davison's car in um, the qualifying. It certainly was, yes. It turned out it was one of the um, data plugs. Looks like two of the terminals had shorted, shorted out. Shorted out, yes. And that shorted across the battery and almost started the battery fire. He actually ended up, he had to go and see um, the... Uh, the race doctor and um, get put on oxygen for a while after the race. So, yeah, interesting. Hmm. Anyway, time for us to go, mate. Oh, okay. Yeah, we've uh, done enough damage, I think, for one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just getting myself ready for the mountains. Not yeah, long ago. definitely. It's not far away now. Oh, no. They've got to go to Pukekohe first, though. Yeah, and then oh, they can go back. over there. I don't yeah. like sheep. Mm, exactly, yeah. Mm. But, uh, no, getting ready for the mountain, just waiting yeah. for the car passes to turn up, and yeah. then I've got to ship them out to everyone. And Yeah, off you go. No worries at all. So, no, I better from... say goodbye to everyone. Yeah. Thanks for having us, and uh, we'll keep up to the, the news up to you next week. We certainly will. Thank you. From Johnny Painter as well. Bye-bye for now, folks. I certainly hope you've enjoyed the program. Bye for now. Please stay safe. Please check those headlights. AJ's Motorcycles are now Shepherd and Motorcycles. For more than 35 years, the crew at AJ's took pride in providing people from across our region and beyond with the highest quality sales, service and advice you would find anywhere. Shepherd and Motorcycles are excited that Tom, Mel, Brendan and the crew will remain on board, delivering the same passion towards great customer service that has been the tradition for all of these years. Supplying a great range of bikes, side-by-sides, parts and apparel, you will still find us in the same great location, right next to the Shepparton train station. Shepparton Motorcycles, your home of KTM and Can-Am. LMCT 11819. 1FM Sponsor. This is John Painter and Craig Stott from, from 1FM Sport and Road. 
Central Tire Service is now your Goodyear Auto Care Centre. With on-farm tire servicing, computerised wheel alignment and balancing, complete front-end alignment and brake repairs, and a full range of automotive batteries. There's not a lot the friendly staff at Goodyear Auto Care can't do. Servicing the Goulburn Valley since 1952. Central Tires, now Goodyear Auto Care, can be found at 117 Wellsford Street, Shepparton. Phone 58 219 Station sponsor. If you have enjoyed the show, then please let us know what you think at our socials. 1FM Super Saturday Sport on Facebook and Twitter and tune in from 8am next week to find out more. Till next week, goodbye.